I invite you to take your Bibles out, and uh, really important if you have a study sheet uh, to have that out because there's some things you might need to fill in. I know you will need to fill in if you're going to have uh, the entire completed uh, graphic there on the sheet. Those of you who are baseball players, you will appreciate the study sheet. Did you notice that? I was a baseball player. I played baseball all through high school, and I would have to say it was my favorite sport. Uh, Actually, football was my favorite if you just count games, but I hated practice. But baseball was my favorite all the way through every aspect of it. Um, But through my whole high school career, I was only a singles and doubles hitter. I hit singles, I, I hit doubles, but in my whole high school career, I never hit a triple. And I never came close to hitting the ball over the fence. Never had a home run. And there were three reasons for that. Number one, I wasn't very strong. I didn't have a whole lot of power. Number two, couldn't run very fast. Really hard to get past second base on one hit. And three, I was a pitcher. And you know what they say about pitchers and hitting. And so, um, you know, I hit a lot of singles and a lot of doubles. And fortunately, we had a really good team. And so I had the opportunity to score quite often. And if uh, you play baseball, you know there's nothing like crossing home plate. There's, there's nothing like scoring. There, there's a joy in crossing home plate. There's a satisfaction to it. You have this feeling of completion when you cross home plate, right? And uh, I want to talk today about crossing home plate, about that satisfaction of completing of making all, all the way around the bases, you know. Any of us who have played baseball, we don't like an inning to end and we're stranded on first base or we're stranded on second base or third. We want to score. We want to cross home plate. And so in our third uh, message in this series on Thanksgiving, I want us to talk about what I call complete gratitude or complete thanksgiving and uh, you're going to have to write on your little infield there uh, so that you'll have the ability to remember what we're talking about Uh, before i pray though if you want to start you can draw yourself a pitcher's mound all right and you can put gratitude there the word gratitude Okay, this is a gratitude infield or Thanksgiving infield. But Thanksgiving is a really long word, so maybe you want to put gratitude on your pitcher's mound. Okay? And once you get that, we're ready to go. Let's pray. Father, 
thank you for the opportunity to join together and sing these songs of praise and thanksgiving. Father, we want to be thankful people. You are so good. You deserve our thanks. Lord, I pray that you would continue to teach us about this thing called thanksgiving. Thank you for what you've shown us the last two weeks. And I pray that again today you would cause this to be a challenging time. Guide us as we go through this. Help us to have enough understanding that we can uh, make it a part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with uh, first base, move on to second base, and then third. First, second, and third will be kind of reviews. We'll go through it quickly because it will involve things we've already talked about in our first two uh, messages in the series. So first base, there in the infield by first base, you can put the words see the goodness. That's first base. The first base of gratitude. See the goodness. Turn with me to John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. It's a statement that Jesus made at the beginning of a longer interaction with uh, the people. But he says this in verse 17, John 5. My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. It's a reminder that God is always at work. He's always working. We don't always see it. We're not always aware of it. But we believe what, what Jesus says here, that God is always at work, always working. And in that next scripture by first base, you have one of the scriptures we looked at a couple of weeks ago that tells us what that song said earlier this morning. God is good. He's a good God. And so you put those two things together. God is always at work, always working, and he's a good God. That means his goodness is always there. His goodness is always around us at work. And the challenge in our first message was simple. Pay attention. Be watching for the goodness of God. Because it's all around you. Acknowledge it. Be aware of it. Recognize it in all its forms. That's first base when it comes to gratitude. See the goodness. Recognize it. But you can't stop there. You want to go to second base. And the second base of gratitude is be thankful. Be thankful. We talked about that last week. Uh, One of our scriptures was in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Starting in verse 15. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Be thankful. He goes on in verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Be thankful. Have gratitude in your hearts to God. Last week we talked about getting rid of the the grumbling and the complaining that's in our hearts. That's so often in our hearts. Get rid of that and replace it with thankfulness, with gratitude, with that feeling of gratitude, of being thankful. That's second base when it comes to gratitude. We pay attention. We see the goodness of God. We recognize it when it's there. We acknowledge it. And then we move on to second base, which is be thankful. Experience that feeling of thankfulness, of gratitude in your heart that Paul talks about toward God for his goodness. See the goodness. Be thankful. But that's only a double. If that's as far as you go, you aren't going any farther than I did in high school. Second base. We need to go to third base when it comes to gratitude. And at third base, you can put the words, give thanks. There's a difference, you know, between being thankful and giving thanks. To be thankful, that's a heart thing. I feel grateful. Inside, I am thankful for God's goodness. Third base is the next step. I give thanks. I express the thanks to Him. We talked about that last week. It's so important to give the thanks to God. And there are a lot of scriptures we looked at last week that instruct us to give thanks, express it. And if you have to do it out loud, do it. Um, Even when you're alone, it's important. Um, Not that God will hear it any better, but you'll hear it. You will hear it come out of your mouth, and I think that's good. I experienced it this week. Um, up until Wednesday, for a whole week, I was hearing this weird noise coming from under the hood on the van. And for a week, I was trying to figure out what it was. And everything I checked was fine, and yet there was still this weird whining noise. And I had decided that on Wednesday, I was going to call Benville, and I was going to talk to Todd. And see if he could take it in and help me. But on Wednesday, this thought popped into my mind about something I hadn't checked yet. And so I checked. And sure enough, that's where the noise was coming from. Of all people, I was able to fix it. And the the noise went away. And out in the parking lot, out loud, I said, thank you, Lord. 
I mean, I saw it as his goodness, just putting that in my mind. It was goodness because it was a lot cheaper than if I'd gone to Benville. And I felt thankful in my heart. But because of what we've been talking about, I knew I had to go the next step and give the thanks and say it and express it. And so I just said it out loud. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Getting the third base. Seeing the goodness. Being thankful for it. Giving the thanks. Expressing it. But that's not complete thanksgiving. That's not complete gratitude. We've got to cross home plate in order for it to be complete gratitude. And so you can write this at home plate. It becomes complete gratitude when you embrace the giver. When you embrace the giver. To embrace is to hold on to. To hold on to. It's relational. I see God's goodness. I recognize it. I'm thankful. The gratitude is there in my heart. I express it. I give God the thanks. But if it's going to be complete gratitude, then I embrace the giver. I embrace God. That has to do with my relationship with him. I hold on to him. And that's where the relationship we have with God can grow. You see, so many people, they, they see the goodness of God. They feel thankful. They even say thanks to God. They express it. But then they think it's over and they go to the dugout and sit on the bench till the next time they see some goodness. And then they're thankful and they say thanks to God. And then they think they're done and so they go back to the dugout and sit on the bench till the next time. That's not complete thanksgiving. Crossing home plate is when you embrace the giver. When you allow his goodness, your gratitude, and your expression of that gratitude lead you to get closer to God himself, that somehow it impacts your relationship with him. You embrace him. That completes the gratitude. That completes the thanksgiving. I'd like you to go with me to Luke 17, and I'd like to introduce you to a leper who crossed home plate. Luke 17. Many know the story. If you don't know the story, listen, because it's pretty cool. All right? Luke 17, starting in verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy, met him. 
They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So there's the picture as we begin this narrative. Jesus and his disciples are traveling. They come near a a village, and outside the village, there's this group of lepers. These were people who had a disease. Uh, The Scripture calls it leprosy. It might have been something else, but uh, what it was was it it was a disease that caused them to have uh, all these sores on their their body. It looked terrible. Uh, There are different explanations as to what happens. But just to make this short, it was terrible. The people felt that a leper was unclean because of the visible sores and how, how, uh, how they looked. And so they believed that probably it was contagious, as bad as it looked. It had to be contagious. And we don't want to have all those sores that those people have. So if you were a leper, you had to quarantine. Heard that word before? You had to quarantine. You couldn't be with your family. You couldn't go to synagogue. You couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't go to the market. You couldn't even be in the town. You had to go out of the town and be with other lepers, separated and quarantined. And then if anybody came close to your group, travelers like Jesus, You had to shout out so they knew that there were lepers, unclean, unclean, which allowed people to avoid you so they couldn't catch what you had because you were unclean. On this day, these lepers, they see Jesus. Somehow they they know it's Jesus. They've probably heard about him. They've heard uh, news about what he's doing in different places, even healings. And so... These guys don't shout out, unclean, unclean, like they were supposed to. Notice, they shout out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, verse 14 says, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. That must have been an amazing moment. As they start walking to find the priest. You see, if you had leprosy, you couldn't be back in the community. You couldn't end your quarantine unless the priest okayed it. You had to show him that you were healed or whatever, and he would declare you clean again, and then you could be back with your family and in the community. And so... Jesus says, go to the priest. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine starting out toward the priest, doing what Jesus said, and all of a sudden you start looking at your hands and your arms, and, and something's happening. It's like, it's like the wolverine. Right? X-Men? Some of you haven't watched the movies. But he'd, he'd have bullet holes and cuts and bruises, and through the magic of movies, they would disappear. You know? um, that's not what's happening here. This is real stuff, okay? But these lepers, 
it had to be amazing to see themselves, because it was a visual disease, to see themselves clearing up as they head toward the priest, excited. Verse 15, one of them, one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, he turned around. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. One of the ten, when he saw that he was being cleansed, healed, turned around. And while the other nine hurried to the priest so they could be cleared to go home, this guy goes the other direction and goes back to Jesus. And notice the three things. He came back to Jesus praising God in a loud voice like I did Wednesday in the parking lot. He praised God as he went back to Jesus with a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. He must have just fallen down before Jesus. And he thanked him. Notice, this guy went to first base. He saw the goodness of God. He recognized it for what it was. This was God. He was thankful, obviously. He was grateful. He expressed it. He gave thanks. In a loud voice. But it didn't stop there. He crossed home plate. It's clear he embraced the giver. He falls down before Jesus. Something happened relationally between this healed leper and Jesus. He experienced complete gratitude, saw the goodness, recognized it for what it was. He was thankful in his heart. He expressed it. He gave the thanks, but then he embraced the giver of the goodness. And something happened, I think, here's my suggestion, to that one man that didn't happen to the other nine. Something happened relationally between him and Jesus that didn't happen between the other nine. They were healed. But I think this guy was more than healed. More than healed. In, uh, in verse 14... And you'll have to take my word for it and, and check me out, okay? In verse 14, it says that these ten lepers were healed. They were cleansed, okay? As you come to the last verse in this narrative, verse 19, Jesus says to this one who came back, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Some Bibles say made you whole. Some Bibles say, saved you. 
the word here in this last verse is different than the word in verse 14 translated cleansed. The ten lepers, all of them were cleansed. They were healed of their leprosy. But because of the word used in the last verse of this narrative, something more happened with this one leper. He was made whole. It's a different word. He was made well. He was saved. Something happened with him that went beyond just being healed of leprosy. And I'm not sure what what it was. I believe it was something relational with Jesus. He experienced something that the other nine didn't. He crossed home plate. He embraced the giver. And it impacted his relationship with the giver, Jesus. If you turn with me to uh, Psalm 116, we see uh, the psalmist crossing home plate in the area of gratitude. Psalm 116. Uh, Verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 116, the, the psalmist says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me, the anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow, and then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, save me. And the Lord is gracious and righteous, our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted, and when I was in great need, he saved me. Something happened in the psalmist's life. He had a great need. And he called out to God, and God responded. Verse 12, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? You see, the psalmist got to first base. He saw the goodness of the Lord. Him. He recognized that. Verse 13, he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call in the name of the Lord. I'm not sure what lifting up the cup of salvation is. Some people say it's the idea of a, giving a toast. You know, he gave a toast to God for his goodness and what he did. Verse 14, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. In the presence of all his people. Verse 17, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you. He saw the goodness of God. He was thankful, but he expressed it. He says, I'm going to give this thank offering. I'm going to, in a tangible way, give the thanks. I'm going to express it. He says, I'll call on the name of the Lord. Verse 18, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. This man saw the goodness of God in his situation. He recognized it. He was thankful. He expressed the thanks, but he also crossed home plate. There was complete gratitude because look at the words. I love the Lord. I will call on him. How can I repay him? I will lift up the cup of salvation. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord 
And again, he says, I will fulfill my vows. He's embracing the giver. He's not just noticing the goodness, being thankful for it, expressing thanks, but he's clearly embracing the giver, embracing the Lord. There was love involved. It's relational. I'll call on him. I'll give him everything. I will keep the vows I have made in the past. That's relational, isn't it? He's not just seeing the goodness, not just feeling thankful, not just expressing the thanks, but he crosses home plate. He completes the gratitude and something relational happens and he embraces the giver, impacting his relationship. And so today, you know, like I said when we started, this isn't a complicated series. I mean, the first week, see the goodness. How complicated is that? Pay attention. Recognize God's goodness. Last week, be thankful and go one more step and give thanks. Express the thanks. And today, go that final step. One more step. Cross home plate. Embrace the giver. Let something happen relationally. Let something happen between you and God relationally. That will complete the gratitude. You see those nine lepers? I think they were very gift-focused. They were so into the gift that Jesus gave them of healing, right? Wouldn't you be excited to be healed and get to go back to your family? They were so excited about the gift They never experienced complete gratitude. The one leper was giver-focused. He was excited about the gift, but he had to go embrace the giver. He was focused on the one who did this. And he went back, and something happened between him and Jesus that went beyond being physically healed. There was a complete gratitude that took place in his life. And so my encouragement to us, and it's not just for this week of Thanksgiving, but it's it's to somehow ask God to help us develop this habit of complete gratitude so that it becomes part of our life. It just becomes who we are. It becomes what we do, that we, we not only see the goodness and recognize it, but we're thankful. We, we feel the thankfulness in our heart. And then we express the thanks, but we also become people who go the next step and cross home plate, and we embrace the giver. And we allow something to happen in our relationship with Him that will cause that relationship to strengthen and to grow and to become closer. Because I took that last step and I embraced Him. I didn't just 
see the goodness and go to first. I didn't just follow that up with feeling thankful going to second. I didn't just follow that up with going to third and actually expressing and giving the thanks, but I crossed home plate and I embraced the giver. I didn't go from third back to the dugout and sit on the bench waiting for the next goodness. And how many Christians do that? We think we're done when we express the thanks, when we say thank you. I don't think we're done. There's one more step, and that's crossing home plate by embracing the giver. And let something happen that's significant in your relationship with the Lord. That's complete gratitude. And maybe it is keeping your vows. Maybe this, this experience of God's goodness and you being thankful for it and expressing the thanks, but then being willing to embrace him reminds you, hey, I made a promise to God a while back and I become complacent. And I haven't been keeping that promise. And yet God just showed me goodness even though I haven't been keeping my promise. I'm so thankful. I'm going to say thank you to him, but then I'm going to embrace him and fulfill my vow. That's complete thanksgiving. So uh, I hope that's what you want. I hope that's your desire in your relationship with God because it is complete thanksgiving. And it isn't complete until you cross home plate. Embrace the giver. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We thank you. We praise you for your goodness. And so often, Father, that goodness, it's not deserved. And yet, you're good. And we're thankful. And hopefully we express that thanks to you and give you thanks. But Lord, help us to become people who take that next step and embrace you. And let it go deeper than just saying thanks. May our gratitude Move us into something relational with you, Lord. We want to be closer to you because of your goodness. We want to grow in our relationship with you. We want to keep our promises because of your goodness. And Lord, that's where the satisfaction is. That's where the joy is. That's where the feeling of completion is. And may we become those kind of people. Not just this week, because it's a holiday, but throughout our lives. In Christ's name, amen.